Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode seven of The Raw and the Cooked. I'm your host, Dara Boxer, and I'm so glad you're here. I promise at some point I will have fancy introduction music with actual pizzazz, you know, like an introduction with music and the works, uh, just like my favorite podcasts out there. Um, But my bandwidth for learning new skills is quite limited these days. I I actually edited out an accidental sneeze in the middle of recording last week's episode, and that felt like a huge victory. Uh, So for now, you know, just basic editing is all I can muster but it's on my list and know that it is coming. Okay. So it's July. It's hot. It's humid. And things finally feel alive and busy, right? Like the manic energy that encompasses this busy season is the first thing I think about when I think of summer. It's such a stark and welcome contrast to last July, right? I think back to when stores and activities and restaurants were barely open, no one was traveling, let alone visiting our local zoo, the aquarium, museums. Last summer just felt very bleak in a very unique way that I think no one really knew what to do with. Um, it's This isn't a COVID tangent. I'm just absolutely thrilled that quote unquote normal is returning to us. And our summer is absolutely packed with our friends and family visiting us in our new home here in St. Louis. I'm half joking when I say that my guest room has turned into a bed and breakfast. Um, We have about four different sets of family members coming to stay with us throughout the month of July alone. Um, So I am like literally turning over that guest room on literally a weekly basis. Um, a fresh vase of tulips, shampoo, toothpaste, uh, towels are washed, fluffed, new bedding. I mean, it is insane. So we are just like wall to wall with house guests, which is so fun. I love it. Right. But I am really hoping that they're all going to leave some five-star reviews on uh, Yelp and TripAdvisor. So with all of our visitors, um, traveling, I really, it got me thinking about beach reads and summer travel. I actually just got back from my very first solo vacation since having the kids and it was lovely. I went to Northern Florida to visit my best friend who was having a baby shower. And then I drove um, an hour South to visit my cousin who was also having a baby this fall. So it was really lovely. I got to see the two people I love and cherish the most in this world. So I had a really lovely time. And I, of course, packed two beach reads of my own because when I say beach reads, I use that term very interchangeably with the books that I bring on vacation. And I wanted to share some books that I recommend that you take along in your carry-on if you are lucky enough to travel this summer as well. And also I wanted to know like where the term beach read comes from and just all the things that go with it. Cause it's such a, a unique term, right? So actually with my research, according to the guardian, it all started back in 1990 when the term beach read was coined. It was actually created as a marketing tool for publishers referring to the blockbusters that were published in the summer. And it absolutely stuck. 30 plus years later, it's absolutely impossible not to see the term beach read on every website and magazine listing the top 20 or so books that you need to read this summer, or I guess beach reads that you need to read the summer. And the term doesn't necessarily limit a beach read to light, fluffy, brainless novels because it does 
have the connotation of just being brainless, like feminine trash, which, you know, is a tangent for another time. Uh, but this list can also include nonfiction, true crime, biographies, you know, just something for everyone. And again, for me, I use the term beach read interchangeably with vacation reads. It, it, you know, if that's even a term, it's basically just something that I want to bring, which will be light, joyful, funny, or suspenseful, but basically just something that I'll love and not want to put down and likely finish on the airplane ride home. So I'm usually, (laughs) I'm likely to pack two and it's a very optimistic thing to do for sure. Um, but you know, I'm, I'm just optimistic when it comes to books, right? Like what if you finish it, you're going to need another one. So the two I decided to pack this particular trip was one last stop by Casey McQuinston and the people we meet on vacation by Emily Henry. And neither of these authors are new to me. I actually read their first book or maybe not their first, but their most well-known book, um, last year, which of course I loved, which is why I downloaded their second novel. And I'm including it on the list of beach reads that I'm recommending to you today. And I'm going to list 15. And of course I will put them in the show notes so you can jot them down later if you can't remember. I'm going to uh, just go for it. Okay, so number one, The Honeymooners by Christina Lauren. I loved this. It was light. It was hilarious. I laughed out loud so many times. It was definitely predictable, but it was just so fun and bingeable. Number two is Beach Read by Emily Henry. I loved this, and everyone that I've recommended it to loved it as well. It is hilarious and sweet and sad and lovely and just very well done and just hard to put down. One to Watch by Kate Stamen London was amazing. It was like reading a hilarious gossip column mixed with a behind the scenes of The Bachelorette. And if you've even seen like half a season of The Bachelorette, this is for you. And I'm not a Bachelorette fan myself. Um, Of course, I have seen a couple of seasons in the past, but this book was just so great. And it was impossible not to root for our main character. And I just really loved it. So I I do recommend it. Uh, I did listen to it on audiobook and it was perfectly narrated and well done. Next, number four is Red, White, and Royal Blue by Casey McQuinston. I loved it. I thought it was just so well done. It was a perfect love story and I just recommend it to everyone. It was great. It was so great. So great. (laughs) Can I just say it was great again? Like I just, I really loved it. Okay. And the number five is less by Andrew Sean Greer. And this book is about, about Arthur less. I think it's Arthur less. I'm so bad at remembering characters names. It's a terrible habit of mine, especially for someone who like loves to talk about books. But anyway, Arthur Less, which I think is what his name is, um, he got invited to his ex-boyfriend's wedding and it kind of, this invitation sparks this, I don't know, like a new energy in him and just fun things happen. He takes this like really long trip to avoid the wedding and just, it it was really lighthearted. I've never really read a book like this in a very... the plot was a little bizarre and a little like off the beaten path, but like in a really fun, good way. And those five books that I just listed all definitely fall into the category that I would call a rom-com. And I'm usually not a rom-com person, but I don't know. I feel like I've read like a really decent selection in the last couple of years. So here, you know, here they are for you to share on your own vacation. 
And these next four, this is not a genre, but we're just going to coin it a mom read. Is that like the lamest thing ever? I don't, I don't know how to describe it. Basically it's just for people like with small children, I guess it's like very relatable. So mom read, I guess, I don't know. Anyway, so number six is happy and you know it by Laura Hankin. And this centers around a mommy group in New York city. And if you've ever been in a mommy group yourself, you know, like the pain, uh, and like the hilarity that is like, it just, each of these women is like a character in caricature in of itself. And like, it's just, it's really fun and like lighthearted. And like, there's like a drug scandal that happens and it, it's just fun. I really liked it. Um, and then number seven, we have friends and strangers by Courtney J. Sullivan. And I loved this book. I resonated so deeply with our two main characters, even though they're at very different points in their lives. We have Elizabeth who just had her first baby and is looking for a nanny slash babysitter to take care of her son while she goes back to work a couple of days. And her babysitter, I also thought resonated just so deeply with like the old me in college. So it was just a really fun, um, read that like just it, it just I felt like she, the author did a fantastic job of like accurately describing like the pain and the joy of having a baby and like what that does to you and your self-esteem like as a woman as a new mother and of course like the uncertainty that you face when you're a senior in high school and you just have no idea like what the next step will be and like are you going to be okay in the long run and it was just it was so beautiful I really loved it and I know a lot of the reviews are like, this is a novel where nothing happened. And like, yes, that's kind of true. But at the same time, like, oh, I just loved it so much. Okay. Number eight is Such a Fun Age by Kylie Reed. I loved this because it was, again, another book centering around a new mother and her nanny and their lives take a very unexpected, um, turn and it just, it was just very fun and I thought it was pretty well done. So I, I do recommend that. Although I did listen to it on an audiobook and the narrator was amazing. So yeah. Number nine is the perfect mother by Amy Malloy. And this was a little like whodunit centering around a mommy group. The book was definitely creepy and a little horrifying at the end with that, that twist. Um, I felt like it was a little far-fetched, but it was still enjoyable and I would recommend it. So there you have my four mom reads and I'm, I'm going to come up with a better term. I kind of hate myself for saying that term, but we're just going to roll with it for now. Okay. So the next couple are thrillers because how can you not read a thriller over the summer? Like they're just so amazing. So the first is A Good Marriage by Kimberly McCrate, and it's about two couples and they, um, yeah, they just dive pretty deep into the lives and it, it, there's a murder and someone's like perhaps wrongfully accused and the twist was not the best, but it was still it was just a really good, like on the edge of your seat thriller that I would recommend. And number 11 is the sundown motel by Simone St. James. And this was impossible not to see reviews or like on a list somewhere, um, of one of the top thrillers of last year. And rightfully so it was very well done. I enjoyed it. And it really is for like any murder junkie out there. Highly recommend. And number 12 is Verity by Colleen Hoover. 
this was my first Colleen Hoover that I read that was not a romance or like cheesy in any way. It was really good and it was so dark, almost a little too dark at times, but lovely and very twisty. And the end doesn't really, not that it's not satisfying, but it leaves, uh, it leaves you to decide who is telling the truth, which I'm still thinking about. And I don't really know what I think. Um, it was, it was a good one. I liked it. And number 13 is the silent patient by Alex Mickledees. I loved this book. It was so good. The, it was just, first of all, it was impossible to put down to begin with, but once the twist was revealed, it was like an O S H I T moment. God, you can tell I have kids that I just spelled that. Um, but it was a serious, like, O S H I T moment. And it was impossible to put the book down after the twist was revealed. I loved it so much. The only problem with this book, not that there's like a problem with it, but the author hit the ball completely out of the park, like grand slam on this book. And he has another one that was released this summer and the reviews are not good. And I think this is a common problem with authors who just shoot like so far above their range. The first book, like amazing sales, amazing reviews. And there's an expectation for them to repeat it and do it again. And I think a lot of times authors, um, they fall a little short, right? Like it's, you know, it's kind of lonely up top and usually second books don't hold a candle. And so I think that's what his next book unfortunately is suffering from. And unfortunately, I think I can say the same with Casey McQuinston's One Last Stop. I'm about 30% through. I I was able to to finish about a third of the book on my trip. And I'm really not enjoying it as much as I want to. Um, It's not that it's bad. I'm just a little bored and waiting for something to happen. And it's just not doing it for me. So I switched over to Emily Henry's The People We Meet on Vacation. I also got through about a third of that book on my trip and it was much more enjoyable. And I I find myself like flipping back and forth and not really wanting to go back to one last stop, but I don't know. It's still kind of early. Okay. So we have two more books and then I promise we're going to wrap up. So number 14 is Before She Knew Him by Peter Swanson. I love Peter Swanson. I think he's a really good thriller writer, and this is one of my favorites by him. I have a couple more that I would recommend, but this is this is just really fun. It's like it's about uh, a, two sets of neighbors that um, one discovers a horrible secret about her new neighbor, finds out that he has killed a few people in his past, and his wife has no idea. Um, so it's just really fun, and it's like by like some weird circumstances. Uh, this killer realizes that his new neighbor is the only one that knows this like horrible secret. And it's just, it's so fun. I really liked it. Totally unrealistic or, you know, maybe not, but whatever. It was good. Okay. And the last one I am going to share with you as one I would recommend you pack in your vacation bag. I don't know how to classify this, um, like at all, but it's Eleanor Oliphant is completely fine by Gail Honeyman. And this book is sad, but funny and sweet and charming and just, oh my gosh, I don't think I've met a single person who had anything bad to say about this book. And it, it was hard to put down and lovely and 
yeah, I think that's all I'm going to say without ruining anything. So those are the 15 books that I would recommend if you're looking for something to pack in your vacation bag this, this year. And I hope you guys have some good travels coming up. The travel that I just came back from, from North Florida, I think is the only one that I'm taking this summer. Um, definitely solo, but we are staying local and we are only doing driving distance trips and we have committed to doing one overnight as a family every month, uh, not just for the summer, but for the remainder of the year, we are on a mission to explore Missouri state parks. And I am thrilled to report that Missouri is one of eight states that do not require a fee to go to any of their beautiful parks. Most of them have gorgeous accommodations on site, that being a lodge or a cabin or what have you. So we are just having a blast doing that. And of course, like anything driving distance that doesn't require an overnight too. So we've just been having so much fun this summer exploring Missouri. So yeah, what a beautiful state. And finally, to wrap up, I would love to do a what I had for dinner segment. And I'm actually recording this at 8.30 tonight, the night before I'm releasing this podcast, which is so um, irresponsible because I'm just rushing this episode. But you know what? We're like on episode seven. I have approximately zero listeners, so whatever. Okay, so what we had last night and tonight, because I actually made enough to feed us for two nights so I didn't have to cook, I pan-seared chicken breasts and I paired it with a pan sauce, that being a cherry thyme and balsamic pan sauce. It was delicious. I paired it up with brown rice and green beans last night, broccoli tonight. It was delicious. It was perfect. And we got to play outside even longer on our deck. We just got a new water table for the kids. So they were doing that. My husband and I had a beer. There was a huge umbrella uh, blocking the sun and we just stayed out and I got to come in like five minutes before, heat everything up plate it and dinner was really simple and just easy. So yeah, I, if you haven't listened to my pan sauce episode, it is episode six. I highly recommend you check it out for some inspiration for your chicken. Okay guys, thank you so much for tuning in and I will catch you back here next week.